Welcome to Nerd Sports. Today we're going to talk about the intricate sports uh, stuff of curling. We're the intricate a... sports stuff of curling, okay. Yeah. So if we're going to dive into curling, let's talk about that is the, the only Olympic event that allows bartenders and bar patrons to become world-class athletes. Just go ahead and say it. It's where uh, fat people can be athletes. Well, we don't want a fat shame. I mean, you know, we, we have to. We, we have to. We have I've to always make... said. I've always said there's a weight limit for this ride. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. But if we're talking about Olympic sports, we need oh, the elephant in the room. Everybody. Yes, the big elephant in the room. Someone had uh, hammer lyrics. thrower Gwen Berry. I don't even want. I didn't even want to name her. Now, you know what? I didn't want to give. Let's her name her because people need to understand because we can't. And, and I'm going to use this term. We can't whitewash history as it's being made. <coughs> but, uh, you know, Gwen Berry, turning away from the flag at the, at the Olympic trials, she podiumed, she finished third in the hammer throw event, uh, said she felt like it was a setup. Well, you know what? No, they had a pre-published a, a schedule of when they were going to be playing the national anthem. And they just happened to be playing it at about the same time that they were on the podium. You know what? So what? And then, you know, oh, I felt like it was a setup. But, yeah, you walked up to the podium with a T-shirt that says activist athlete. And you're going to sit there and tell me that you did not mean to demonstrate, didn't mean to turn your back. Like, seriously? What, uh, did, what I, did you think was going to happen? I gonna think get up there? In, her, in her infinite wisdom, what she thought was going to happen is what's been happening in most sports right now when people do that. It's like, oh, she's so brave and everything. She wanted the detention again. And she did that. And then she got serious backlash because I understand that you have some kind of uh, uh, activist stuff and everything going on, but you're representing the United States. Yeah. And, and you know, let's, you're let's just, you're just, once we get past the Olympic, you know, the U.S. Olympic trials, and if you make the Olympic team, you travel to Tokyo. The, uh, the International Olympic Committee, the IOC, they've already said, look, hey, no, you, you, there are sanctions that are going to be emplaced upon you know, athletes and teams for demonstrating during an award ceremony. They put a nix on that crap back in the 70s whenever we had those two black ath- or activist athletes uh, raising a single fist in the air, you know? Yeah. And because the Olympics, they're not the place to become politi- you know, political. I mean, they're yes, not the United host countries, States. Yeah, host countries... Host countries have tried to do it, but in the past, you know, but, you know, as far as your athletes are concerned, no, no. The, the, the spirit of the Olympics is to come together through sports and, and, you know, to, 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 you know, I mean, it's, it's for, you know, I mean, just simply coming together as a community on the world stage. Yeah. It's not the place for your political statements. It's not the place for your political beliefs. If you wanted to, you know, and let's just say, for example, she gets named to the Olympic team. If she gets named to the Olympic team and by some grace of God, she gets, she, she's, she podiums, she medals at the Olympics. What is she going to do? You know, if an American, uh, you know, get, you know, wins gold, or if she wins gold, what is what? I mean, what are they going to do? Is she not going to show up? Is she going to raise her fist? She going to flash her little bullshit T-shirt? No, because the IOC is going to smack her down. 
And she can try to play the race card all day long, but the IOC is just not going to listen. And on top of that, Japan, the host country, they've already said, hey, look, if you're going to demonstrate, don't come. And if they and if they catch you trying to pull that crap during an awards ceremony, they're going to ask you to leave. Yeah. Pure, plain, and simple. I mean, the IOC's rules clearly state no political activism during an awards ceremony, during the opening or closing ceremonies. That's not the time or the place. If you want to make those kinds of inflammatory comments, you want to make those kinds of statements, you do it on your own time. You do it away from the field. You do it outside of the Olympic Village. And that's you know, just a, and it's not just us harping or anything like that of how horrible it is or, or if it is horrible. Because in all my honesty, it's the First Amendment. It is. It's the First Amendment. And I've, I've fought for that. It's, yeah. I mean, I did too. But, and so, so did a lot of other people. But at the same time, you know, they're not professional athletes. These are amateurs. Well, they're supposed to be amateurs. Okay, yeah, they're supposed to be amateurs, but we know that everybody's got a sponsor in one way, shape, form, or fashion. Anyways, that's beside the point. But, the th- no, my thing is it's more or less to safeguard that person depending on which country they go to. Yeah. Because what if, uh, like, the, the other thing that we need to talk about is the transgender weightlifter going to <laughs> Iraq or Iran. I mean, they toss those types of people off the roof. And this is not saying, I was like, oh, I'm for that. No, no, I'm not for anybody what getting tossed on the What does that mean? It says uh, Happy Pride list. Month, and it shows people, you know, dancing oh, yeah, 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 in the streets, yeah, yeah. and it's, it's, it's isn't like, in the Middle East, and it shows somebody chucking a homosexual. No, food. it was it was uh, trans for Palestine. Oh, yes. And yeah. it was, then it, it switched around uh, Palestine for trans, and they're tossing them off the uh, bu- uh, building and everything. Yeah. That's what a lot of people don't understand about some of these countries. Yeah. They will murk you. Yeah. Fast it, we, I mean, it, it, if you show any kind of difference. I saw a TikTok those. video. I, don't, I, I didn't bother to check the statistics on it to make sure or fact check it to see if it was accurate, but the, the, the gist of the, the video, yeah. the creator, um, is a Marine Corps veteran. Uh, obviously, because he had a Marine Corps cap on and he had crayons stuck in his teeth. But uh, he was talking about, you know, this this trans or homosexual individual was holding a tattered, tied up in knots, faded American flag and said that this is a sign of hate, this is a sign of bigotry, a sign of racism. And he's like, that symbol represents the country that leads the fight in trans rights it's one of four countries and one of you know i mean he just listed off all these little facts and i wish i'd have saved the video and watched it so i could bring it up here but what we're what we're seeing is a false narrative being pushed just like systemic racism is i think it's a misdirection i think it's 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 an easy argument to make and it's an easy narrative to push on the uneducated masses. And by uneducated, I'm not talking about under, you know, underprivileged. I'm not talking about inner city. I'm not talking about any of those demographics. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about the people who are just too lazy to get up, pick up a book, uh, go to the library, go to... Or just 
use it or pick up freaking their, Google. Yeah, you know, go to your Google box. It's in your pocket. It's it's on your desktop. I mean, you can carry it around in your backpack. Did you just say Google box? I did say Google box. That is so much a father thing to say. Hey, you know what? I'm a dad. Shut up. Leave me alone. Anyways, so I mean, going out and educate yourself because if you're going to pick a side, be educated about it. If you're going to be convicted, if you're going to be passionate about something, know what the hell you're talking about. You know, you, you get these people that come in here and they're like, you know, they, they, they talk about there's systemic racism in the police department, there's too much police brutality, and it's like, you know, okay, brutality versus keeping the peace versus following procedures correctly. Yeah. There's a vast difference. I mean... When when you feel somebody that shares the same skin color as you are steps out of line and the police put them in their place in the act of arresting them, yeah, they're going to view that as, as brutality because, oh, God, my, well, my, my, you know, my, my, my uh, cousin, brother, sister, mom, dad, whatever your relation to that individual, what you know, is whether even it's just something as basic as the shade of your skin, it, you're going to view that as brutality because somehow you have been conditioned to think that this is a uh, a slight against you, you know, and it's like it's got nothing to do with you. So why don't you pump the hate, you know, pump the but you know, pump pump the brakes there, Fox and Friends. But I actually have uh, a lot of uh, – there was a cop during the ruck last week that we did, mm -hmm. and he's saying uh, – because he's from uh, – he's a cop in Maryland. He's moving. He's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm either going to Florida or I'm going to South Carolina. But his thing was is he's not allowed to do his job. The, uh, the way they want them to do their job first is like, hey, hey, hold on. We gotta stop this. And he even said, "There's certain things that I've I've, I've done as a cop that I, I just go, dude. What are you doing? Stop being stupid. Do this. It, there, you, you could do you could do this, 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 or you could do this, and no one gets really hurt. And okay. Usually, they take the second option. So here's a hot take. I mean, this is just my hot take. If you want to argue with me, fine. Leave it in the comments. We'll read it and we'll address it. But cops nowadays." They're having their hands tied behind their backs, much like our military did during Vietnam. Yes. Because the politicians are out there writing the policies instead of letting the people on the ground dictate. And I'm not saying dictate as in, like, overlord. I'm saying, like, dictate policy, dictate procedures. Um, well, I mean, because police departments know that there's, that, that, there, that there's a problem where they select few individuals. Every department's going to have them. Every, every, every walk of life has got bad apples. Yeah, everybody that, has a, a dumbass bob they have to deal with. Exactly. You know, and, and, but, you know, it's, it's like, uh, you know, you, you can't say because one guy raises his hand and says white power that all white people are devils. Looking at you, Louis Farrakhan, jackass. Anyways, you know. Uh, just because, you know, uh, you know, one guy walks around with a suit and a bow tie and talks about how, you know, they're the mother race because they came from the, the actual motherland. It doesn't mean that every black person is racist. You know, it's, you're going to have those people. Unfortunately, those are the ones that are the most vocal about, you know, about things. And, 
it's 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 unfortunate that the silent majority gets overlooked because the you know the vocal minority are the ones out there making the most noise, and you know you know okay so you remember here we always talking about how Winston Churchill had said that those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Yeah. Okay. I've always said that the uh, 60s and 70s radical retreads that failed to get their job done back during Vietnam when they were protesting the war, they figured out that if they infiltrate academia in every you know public office, that they could eventually rewrite the book. And that's what they're doing. And what we're seeing, and we've been seeing this happen over the last 10, 15 years, is the, you know, uh, academia brainwashing our kids to think a certain way, to think a leftist, you know, to think with a leftist mentality, because they somehow think that even though over the course of human history, every time we've tried socialism, it's failed, that somehow they can do it this way and it'll work. Well, I got a hot flash for you. It won't. And then we're going to be left standing there with this huge bill. And then what what are we going to be doing? You know, our, our, our future generations are on the line. So, you know, and, and, it's, and I'm not saying that conservatism is 100% the way to go. You know, I, 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 do, I, do I believe mostly conservative values, you know, in, in mostly conservative values? Yeah, I am. I, I identify as a Reagan conservative. But, you know, there, there's, when we're talking about, you know, turning your back to the national anthem, you know, you're not just, you're not making a statement. You're just making yourself look like an ass because while you think that you're out there fighting the good fight, there's a time and a place to do that. Kneeling for the national anthem at public sporting events or professional sporting events, that's not the time and place. You are an employee. I pay your salary, i.e. through ticket sales, merchandising sales, and stuff like that. When you show up to work, I don't care about your personal opinion. Do your damn job and clock out for the day. But that's the thing about nowadays is because of social media, because of the Internet, everybody can say their opinion now. Yeah, and, and again, it's because we, we always come back to the fact that everybody has forgotten what it means to get punched in the mouth. Oh, and yeah. unfortunately, that, these days, well, we can't espouse violence. I'm not espousing actual physical violence. But now, I mean, even though I think that some of these people that want run around you know, with their mouths engaged, writing checks that their bodies can't cash. I think that they went through their entire <laughs> life without a good ass whipping. And it's well, usually because they, they came from a broken home or their dad just spent a lot of time being emasculated by their mother. You know, it, whatever it is, you know, it's like you and I, we grew up, for the most part, we learned to, to accept criticism at the hands of our fathers, because what did we do when we were, hey, go out and help your, you know, hey, come out and help me work on the car. It didn't matter how hell, how well you held that flashlight, how illuminated that bolt was, you were always holding it wrong. Oh, yeah. You know, can't see. Move over here. You know, I mean, it's like, It's okay. also the place where you found out uh, how to say those foul languages. Yeah, exactly. You know, but now... Now everybody's got access to YouTube and every social media platform out there, whether it be Discord, Twitch, it doesn't matter, Twitter, you know, Patreon. Um, <laughs> but uh, links in bio. Anyways. Um, not yet. Not yet. So, I you still know, have hey, to finish hey, that Hey, that's up. a sneak preview. Ooh, look at that. It was a teaser. Um, but, you know, it, it, in, if we're going to, you know, parenthetically or, or well, what's the word I'm looking for? 
effectively punch people in the mouth these days, we need to do it in their pocketbooks. And I'm not saying go with these few, these huge nation, nationwide boycotts, I, because boycotts don't work. And here's why: when suppliers like the Finish Line or Foot Locker or Champ Sports they buy these shoes, they buy them from the manufacturers. The shoes have already been paid for. All you're doing is hurting that business. You know, if if you want if if you want to boycott something, you know, we need to do it and not necessarily a boycott, but we need to do like a, a letter writing campaign and let's get old school about it. Let's flood yeah, your mail room. What, that's that's one thing that I've noticed that a lot of the like Because you can people, delete an email. But yeah. you if you, if your mailroom gets inundated with mail, like actual physical mail, which, by the way, if we're doing that at the same time uh, to sending home a very physical, tangible message that the uh, board, board of directors at these, these companies that support these whiny-ass athletes like Nike. Um, I mean, you can do it. You can do it both uh, through social media and physical. But yeah. you, can do, you can take a picture of the letter that you're sending and mail it. You could do that, too. You know, but, I mean, you could always hit the delete button on an email. But, you know, you get these these letters. Somebody's going to eventually read them. Yeah. You know? Um, and, you know, <laughs> I mean, I would love to see nothing. I would love nothing more than to see, like, LeBron James lose his shoe contract. Why? Well, because, one, the guy whines. He flops. And really, do you really want that? No, you're buying. I mean, the company invests in a name, but they're not looking at the person who wears it. You know, and it's it's kind of like that that uh, that saying. Uh, there's a difference between tab wearers and tab bearers when we're talking about Army Rangers, right? You know, you get these yeah. guys that walk around all cocky and think that their shit doesn't stink because, well, they're associated with the Rangers or they went and graduated from Ranger School, versus the guys who carry themselves like a Ranger is supposed to. And you get these that guys actually gotten the tab and yeah, they've got the tab, you know, or, or you know, and they didn't necessarily serve with a battalion, but you know, they they they. They walk around and, you know, they don't expect you to cower to them because I'm your ranger. No, they lead by example and actions speak louder than words. And a lot of these guys that have this huge sense of bravado when they walk into the room and they're these blowhards, usually whenever the thing, you know, whenever crap starts going sideways, they're the ones that are complaining the most and the loudest. The guys that walk around and they don't say anything, the calm, cool, collected ones, those are the dudes that are about to cut wire and start sorting dudes out. I'm still to this day trying to figure out how people, like, look at me as the leader. Because half, <laughs> half this t- I was like, dude, because ser- even when I was doing this, I mean, and I got a couple of friends that it was like, I was like, man, I don't, after, like, talking with you for, like, a good, and this is not to boast. Yeah. Because I hate boasting. But it's the praise I get from other people. It's it, it's one of those things is if I'm speaking of how high I should be on that horse, I shouldn't be a leader. But if there's people around me telling everybody else the reason why he should be a leader, right? then that's the guy that you should be a leader, uh, that should be the leader. Uh, it's like my dad keeps on asking me uh, when I'm going to start doing, like, uh, uh, government work for, like, uh, politics and everything. I'm like, Dad, I had a thought <clears throat> and I was going to work on it and everything, mm-hmm. but I'd rather to, I'd rather have my voice, if I'm going to do something like that, be heard 
and not have to be have to worry about the job every two years. Yeah, you know, but I don't know. All that aside, we're gonna take a step back from the political soapbox here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a sports show after all. Now, even though even though we're uh, we already mentioned okay, the the thing about the uh uh her name is Lori 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 Hubbard uh, the New New Zealand transgender weightlifter. Oh, yeah. That's one. She's forty three. I saw a tweet the other day. In fact, it was this morning. It, it was like, uh, let the trans, you know, let let trans compete in their you know in the opposite gender, and let's go crush these records. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and it was a complete troll tweet. I mean, obviously, but well, I, I, I just, thought it was it's funny. Just it, 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 it show that men are better than women. We're past the five-minute mark. I can do that. Right. You know, for the people with the short attention spans. But for those oh, yeah, people, yeah, yeah. Nobody, yes. nobody's... So for those people that do listen, you, you're going to inevitably... I'm surprised I haven't gotten Larry because I said some really awful stuff after the five-minute mark. And inevitably, we are going to hear from at least one of our fans, one of our subscribers, excuse me, you know, I, I could see it. You know, and, and they're gonna they're gonna strike that they're gonna strike that sassy Hispanic pose with that hip cocked out to the side and that hand up there, and they're gonna be like, um, "I know you just didn't go there." You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> Please direct all hate mail to at David Dickerman at AngryMeProduction.com. But now uh, <clears throat> she she usually just comments or messes me personally. So, I get so. that. I, I get that. I get that. Well, it, it's like uh, uh, she she did. She messaged uh, like on the uh, she messaged on the YouTube channel. She commented on the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Then she uh, commented on the uh, Facebook, the Angry Me Production Facebook page about what's the baseball, uh, what's the thing of baseball seats, and I was like. Let me ask Johnny because I'm not the sports guy. I'm just the funny commentator on, on, on the side, and some of my jokes is like, why the fuck did you say that? Yeah. But I was like, then I looked it up and everything like that, and I was like, huh. You know, and, I, and I do, I, I, I'll give you some props about... here because even though you're completely and totally out of your element here with the sports show, you do come up with some pretty, uh, some, some pretty resounding knowledge bombs, man. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm a spy. By trait. Okay. So I can pick up, I can pick, uh, <laughs> and this is not I was in the CIA spy or I'm an act, I was actually a spy or anything like that. Now I watch a lot, uh, I read and lo- uh, watch a lot of spy movies. Dickerman. David Dickerman. Hey, Matt Bester, I said it's a badass last name. He did. I, you know, and I was listening to that episode um, when I was down in uh, Angleton this weekend, uh, sitting on the back porch with my girlfriend. Even uh, JT loved my last name. Yeah, he's like, Dickerman, Dick, Dickerman, yeah, you know, yeah, you're going to go into the maybe pile just because your last name. Um, <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, okay, this is the episode then, yeah, all right, so, but uh, they were just, they were just going through names, you know, and like this, the, the 17-year-old? Yeah. Where they had absolutely no qualifications. Like, do you have a broom closet I could rent out? You know, I mean, they're like, uh, you know, just because you're going to go in the baby pile. We're going to do a video interview with you. And I'm like, oh, come on. Anyways, so. Uh, I haven't heard back. 
<laughs> I would keep press pestering, pestering, pestering. Persistence is the key. Anyway, so yeah. over the weekend, the New York Yankees traveled to Fenway Park to play another three games against the Boston Red Sox. And you the Yankees happy. got swept again. So now, You sound so happy about the Yankees uh, uh, losing. Well, here it is. You got Garrett Cole. Comes over from the from the Astros, gets a nine year, three hundred and twenty something million dollar contract. He faces the Red Sox in the postseason. Yeah, well, he faces the Red Sox in the postseason when he was still a member of the Astros in twenty eighteen. Gets lit up. I mean, lit up. Well, they always played the money ball. Then. No, no. See, now that he's a member of the Yankees, they don't give a crap about Moneyball. I mean, they're playing a different kind of Moneyball. They're trying to throw as much money at the game as possible, as, as humanly possible. And but see they've always sticks. been trying to do that. Yeah, I know. But anyways, so first night, it was a it was a 5-3 to three loss for the Yankees. There's a meme that's out there, and I always put it on my Twitter feed. It's David Ortiz going, duh, Yankees lose. You know, and I'm like, I always put that on my Twitter feed. It's great. And if you notice, I changed, I changed my, my uh, Facebook profile again to the, uh, you know, Veritech punching A-Rod in the face. Yeah. Yeah, so. You'd love that one. I do. I used to have one where it was a baby wearing a backward Red Sox cap and its bare ass is squashing the Yankees hat. But oh. I, I can't find it. I don't know. I mean, and, and to be fair, Facebook would probably take it down. Yeah. But, uh. Because Mark Zuckerberg is always asking people for their papers. Actually, it's not Mark Zuckerberg, but yeah, it's. It, it, I, I I did the. Let's put uh, it this way: his brown shirts, his army of brown shirts that he puts out there. They're the ones asking for papers. So if we're gonna we're gonna call a kettle black, let's just do that. Anyways, actually, it's the AI. I I, 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 I would ended up just get it. Just get just a quick thing. Uh, you want to take the hot I, nails out of the boots that you keep stepping on my toes with here, guys? Yes. Jesus no. Christ. No, I watched this uh, episode of Drinking Bros, and it was all about uh, how the social media AI works and everything. And mm-hmm. I just like, <sighs> makes sense. Fuck, I, just, I can't say, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't say uh, Zuckerberg is doing all this stuff. Because if you think about it, why the fuck would he care? I didn't bring my tinfoil hat, so I mean, I'm not going to go into that. Anyway, so night number one, which is a Friday, the Yankees lost three to five. Um, Garrett Whitlock picked up the win on that one. Um, Matt Barnes comes in, gets a 16th save of the season that year, or, or that night. Um, night number two, which was Saturday night uh, on the 26th this past weekend, um, Yankees lost two to four. Uh, Nathan Avaldi, an ex-Yankee, picked up the win. And Adam Ottavino picked up the save. Another ex-Yankee. <laughs> you know, so it's almost like, as far as pitchers are concerned, the the, the Red Sox have become a a, uh, a former Yankee rehab, you know, Yankee Yankee pitcher re, 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 rehabilitation team. I like rehab team. Yeah, you know, I mean, because I mean, if you've met any of the people that actually live in the Boston area, rehab might be applicable there. Yeah. Um, and yes, I, I know I said that. I said that out loud, and I don't really care. If we're gonna get hate mail, we're, we're gonna get voice messages. We're gonna get we're gonna get audio recordings in our email. Oh, you motherfucker! 
<laughs> By the way, uh, Adam Ayer, Ayer, A Y E R. Ayer, yeah. Ayer, uh, who is from Boston. Boston. Uh huh. Thank you for subscribing. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's okay. Just after, just after, just after, because he has the thick accent. Well, he's got that thick accent, so he's going to go up to his buddy. He's going to be like, I can't tell you where we're going. Can't tell you what we're going to do. All I can say is that we're going to hit somebody. Whose car we taking? Whose car we taking? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's one of the best lines. He, he had a wonderful, and he was, he was, he was a great guy and everything. He's like, I'm going because uh, we passed by uh, McBride's. Uh, down the downtown McBride's, which is actually a good down, McBride's. Uh, yeah, and he's like, "What's that place? That that smells good. That that, that I mean that that smells like real good." I was like, "Well, it's, uh, it smells like hickory, so it's probably just a steak place." He's like, "Oh, I'm gonna get that steak. I'm gonna get that steak right there. Right, that's there. where I'm going. That smells so freaking good." Yeah, so freaking good. Yeah, but uh, night number three, the Sunday night game. Actually, it was a Sunday day game, so it was a get a getaway game uh, for the Yankees. They were leaving town. Um, but uh, Yankees lost two to nine. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez, I can never say his name properly without doing that ruffles have ridges. Eduardo Rodriguez, um, pitcher for the Yang- or, uh, Red Sox. Such a racist. You know what? No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> Whatever. Because if we were going to be racist, people would call us out about the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard review of Antonio Banderas. Um, you can't true. say Antonio Banderas without saying Antonio Banderas. Um, That's because he's earned that shit. He has. It's like Sean Connery. You, know, you can't say Sean Connery's name without doing the accent. I know. Um, I mean, there's certain people where you do the accent <laughs> because they fucking earned that <laughs> because shit. Because they earned it, right. Um Eduardo Rodriguez, and I do that just out of fun because, one, I'm on the fence with this guy because it's like when he's on, great, fine, do it. Do your job. But most of the time, I mean, he's got a 583 ERA, so, I mean, he's earning an average. He's got the highest ERA on the pitching staff as far as the starters are concerned. Um, he's inconsistent, and, and it's like, all right, dude, look, if you're wanting a deal, you need to pitch better. Especially if we're going to carry you through the playoffs and we're going to keep you on the roster. If you don't want to go to the bullpen, I suggest you start figuring it out. Because as the season starts to drag on, we get into the second half of the season because the All-Star game is fixing to come up. So the All-Star break is going to be where everybody goes home except for the people going to the All-Star game. You know, they're going to work. But if, if he's going to expect, I mean, if I were the general manager or the manager himself, if I was Alex, in Alex Cora's position, I'd be like, look, dude, you need to start doing better. Come in, put in extra work, stay late with the pitching coach, figure it out, and do your job, or you're not going to be long for this world, <clears throat> at least not in, 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 in a major league capacity. You're going to be taken off that jersey pretty soon. Send them back to AAA, to, 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 to Worcester. Yeah, I said Worcester. Um, Wichester, Worcester, Worcester Woo Sox. And they changed their AAA affiliate this year, and it just it's horrible. Anyways, um, Erod, he just needs to do a better job. Um, Garrett Cole picked up the loss, and it's like, okay, so here we are. We, this, this $327 million pitcher on a nine-year deal, ever since they started taking sticky substances away, this dude's been getting lit up. So it's like, okay, all right. 
he can't use spider tech on his hands anymore, so he can't juice up the ball. It's like, all right, now he's lost spin rate, he's lost movement. I've always wondered about that. What I mean, I know that sandpaper. Well, no, you can't glove. scuff a ball. Well, I mean, there. I mean, there used and to be. It used to be rampant. I mean, rampant. I mean, you. you if you look back at the scene from Major League, where you, you know they're talking to the the, the senior ace pitcher on, on the staff, he's like. Keeps KY jelly in his armpits, Vaseline in his nose, a little Tabasco sauce on his chest. I mean, he's like, they're like, Jesus Christ. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I bring him to the mound too. But, you know, and it's like, when you get this old, you tell me how much movement you get on your stuff, kid, and then we'll talk, you know. But, and it's like. Well, they had that one movie where the kid ended up. Or or they had some kind of formula or something like that. Yeah, it was an old Gary Cooper movie. And That's yes, right. I, remember, I know what you're talking about. And uh, he and 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 uh, he had one bottle of it left. Someone he used on the hair so for his like hair rubbing. tonic, and it was the catcher. So he, the catcher would come out, and he's rubbing his hands through the catcher's hair, you know, hair. And he had to throw the last pitch, and it would end up being the last pitch of his career with no juice on the ball. And ended up having to catch a line, you know, a line drive, a, you know, a, just a, a comebacker to the mound, barehanded, and ended up breaking every bone in his hand. And the doctor's like, "You'll never pitch again." And he was like, thank God. <laughs> you know, yeah, he was a chemist, or he was a chemistry teacher, and he had a hole in his glove with the pad under there yeah. or whatever, yeah. So, I mean, it would make the ball jump over the bat. I remember that. Yeah, because back then they didn't have aluminum bats. They just had wooden bats. Well, they what don't use the, aluminum the, bats in the big leagues what the now. Chemical, well, what the chemical was is uh, some substance that... Uh, it repelled wood. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it it was like a magnet south yeah. of North Pole. Yeah. Anyways. But, uh, you know, I mean... I mean, we've got a sticky substance that's 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 con- that's sanctioned by Major League Baseball, and it's rosin. You mix rosin with water or sweat, it gets sticky. It's supposed to be there to help dry the sweat off of people's hands. Uh, Trevor Bauer, who pitches for the Dodgers, I mean, he's got a he's got a really good blog um, and uh, YouTube channel going, where he talks about uh, he he's into the big stats thing. He's he's a big sabermetrics guy. Um, he talks about spin rate a lot and everything. Um, and he sat in the dugout and gave an interview, and he's got a baseball stuck to his palm, just like this. And he's like, yeah, this is the allowed substance in the game, and all it was was rosin and sweat. And the ball was sticking to his hand. You know, And I'm like, okay, that's fine. You can't go over the top with it, obviously. You can't use shit like pine tar. Um there was a Red Sox-Yankees game a couple years back. Um, Pineda. I forget his first name, but the pitcher's last name was Pineda. Standing on the mound, uh, I think the game was at Fenway. Cause, uh, uh, they, yeah, yeah, it was at Fenway, and it was a nationally televised game. And I think this was in 2013 because this was the last year that John Farrell managed the team. Everybody on national TV could see this. I mean, the... Pineda, he's a, he's a black player, or a Dominican player. Uh, Dominican, I think. Anyways, it doesn't matter. He had this unusually dark streak right here on the side of his neck. And, the, and the, every camera in the country was focused on this. And I'm like, what is that? Because he kept reaching back there and touching his neck. John Farrell, he's picking up on this, and he calls the umpires over, and he's like, go check his neck. <laughs> And it's like this dude took one of the sticks from the from the from the on deck circle where batters used to like make the the handles of their bat sticky. Yeah. 
And it's almost like he went like this, like he was applying, you know, foundation makeup or something. And he got ejected from the game. Of course, Joe Girardi, who we'll bring up here and again in just a second, uh, he was the manager of the Yankees at the time. He gets all pissed off and butthurt about it. He's like, and they're like, he's got pine tar on his neck and he's going to it. That's cheating. You can't do that. Yeah. I mean, you see guys like pitchers, like especially the old school pitchers, they've got, you know, they're always going to the brim of their hat. It's because they load the brim of their hat up with rosin. So they're going to it, you know, and make their hands stick it and dries it up. How are they not blocked? What, with their, with their ball caps? Dude, have you seen the hair? I mean, obviously, I mean, look at this head of hair. I wear ball caps all the time. No, no, no. I mean, if you're setting up your rosin and everything. It, they're putting it on the bill of their caps, right right here. Oh, okay. So when, it, when, a, when a pitcher is going, and they're going to, their, to the brim of their hat, you know, like I'm left-handed, so I'm going to go like this. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go like that. And, I'll, you know, and it looks like I'm adjusting my cap, but you know damn well what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, I'm getting that extra rosin. I, I've, never, I've never even... I, I've, time, I've seen time, them do... I've seen you get a chance no, to I've, watch a game. No, yeah. I've, seen, I've seen the games and everything, and I've seen them do that, and it's like, that, that's just amazing to me that that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. Wow! Yeah. But that, they'll, they'll either load that up with <clears throat> rosin, or they'll load it up with pine tar. But now they're checking it, because we actually had a hat get ejected during a Rays game last, I think, what, like a week and a half ago? Uh, the manager from the other team was like, hey, go check his hat, because he keeps going to his hat. And they went and they pulled his hat off and they're looking at it and they're like, you know, and they, they handed the hat off to the equipment manager. The pitcher's standing there like, what the, you know, what? They brought out a, a, another hat, a brand new hat, flat brimmed and everything. And he's having out there to have, finish pitching the inning. And I'm like, that's funny. You know, yeah, it is it's the first funny. time I've ever seen a piece of uniform get ejected. Um, it, usually, it is, like that is very, very, very funny. You know, I mean, we we get guys who get accused of using cork bats, like George Brett did back in the back in the day. I mean, he went completely ballistic on the uh, on the officiating staff. But uh, Sammy Sosa, most notably, whenever it was in the heat of that home run race between him and Mark McGuire, he he was using a corked bat during batting practice to kind of put on a show for the fans. I forgot that you know forgot to swap it out. He broke his bat during a game. I I remember that. Cause and they were picking up pieces of the bat, and they were like, and they tossed him, you know. And, he, and then he's like, "What?" And it, what? And you know, it was and it, and, freaking and it basically, obvious. Yeah, and, and and that, for all intents and purposes, ended Sammy Sosa's career. Yeah, it really did. But you I know, don't know it, it, it's one of those things is you have to try to figure out why, uh, if that's true or not, because what, what you just said was a legitimate thing and everything like well, that. Well, if you look at the numbers, because now they're measuring things like spin rate, okay? So what they'll do is they'll, they, they get a defined segment between the mound and the plate where they look, they, they measure how many revolutions the ball spins, right? And, and they were rumbling about this during the offseason last year where they were going to start looking at spin rates. And, uh, you know, I mean, because pitchers were having to try to combat the launch angle hitters, right? You know, the, all these guys are doing just swinging for the fences. It's either home runs or strikeouts, right? And pitchers were having to try, try to figure out a way to get it past these hitters. Well, instead of becoming an actual pitcher, these guys were resorting to foreign substances to put on the ball. They were doctoring the ball. They were stealing from the integrity of the game. 
do I think that sticky substances like raw, uh, like pine tar, spider tack, stuff like that, do I think it needs to be banned from the game? Absolutely, I do. Because we, we, we really need to become better stewards of the game. Um, and I think that once we get back to a level playing field, because, I mean, baseball still officially hasn't completely shrugged off the specter of the steroids era. Okay, because we still have people like Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds who are still eligible for the Hall of Fame. And eventually they may end up in, eventually getting in once these sports writers that have condemned them for using steroids to cheat stop voting. And you get these younger generations that don't get to hear those stories because they didn't get to witness it. They didn't, get to, they didn't have to live through the congressional hearings. They didn't have to listen to the endless news cycle when this list of PED users came out. Yeah. Okay. Um, eventually, they'll get voted in. You know, and I think it's unfortunate because you look look at Barry Bonds now. Looked at him when he during his first couple of years in the season in, in the in the majors. Dude was a, he was a beanpole, absolute beanpole, skinny as a rail. Then he started juicing, and dude bulked up and started hitting home runs like crazy. Now, granted, yeah, you got to still have the talent to put the bat on the ball. You got to have the bat speed. But your bat speed increases when you when you put on that much mu- on, on that much mass. You know, you build that kind of muscle. Um, you know, I mean, <laughs> Mark McGuire, yeah. Um, I mean, as there's much so as I many think, baseball players that uh, juice throughout the years. And yeah, but you see, the thing of it is, though, is that you know, and, and I'll get back to Garrett Cole here in just a minute. But you get all these guys that actively cheated at the game. Uh, Carlos Correa, uh, Astro team, yeah, Astro team. Were they just the whole Astro team themselves? Yeah. That the 20, 2017 edition of the Astros. Um, and I know if my girlfriend watches this episode this far into it, she's gonna be like, because <laughs> she's a Stros fan. But uh, it's your ass getting beaten on mine. I digress. Anyways. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I was really hoping you like, eh, it's not that bad. <laughs> what was it, Oliver North made famous? I plead the fifth. Um. Um. <laughs> <laughs> or Harrison Ford for you movie buffs. Yeah. Apocalypse now. Due to the sensitive nature of your question, I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed to divulge certain facts or incident or information about that incident. Had that incident actually taken place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here I am. I sound like, fucking sound like you stuttering and stammering all over the place. Look, you got me fucked up, dude. I'm tired. Anyways, um, so, you know, you get all these, these people that cheated, openly and actively got caught cheating at the game. You know, whether it be steroids or whether it be stealing signs and, you know, orchestrating a huge system to win yourself a World Series. They're still getting, they're still being allowed to play. They violated the integrity of the game. And they got someone like Pete Rose because he gambled on the Thank you, because that's exactly where I was going to go. Pete Rose gambled. And somehow, gambling on your team, not against your team, but on your team, is so egregiously bad for the game that you've been banned for life? Are you fucking kidding me? Yes, I'm going to get on that bandwagon. Free Pete Rose. Charlie Hustle deserves to be in the fucking Hall of Fame. I mean, he really does. 
I mean, that dude busted his ass, and he earned it the hard way. He drank beer and fucking ate hot dogs, just like Babe Ruth did. And he amassed over 4,000 hits, almost 4,200 hits in his career. Yeah. Nobody has even come close to that. They want to try to add these numbers from uh, Ichiro Suzuki's Japan career and say, okay, well, he's got to combine more than 4,500 hits. Well, great, fine. But as far as... As, as far as the uh, hits that he amassed while playing Major League Baseball in America. Yeah, that was the only thing. He only it. has like 27, 28, I, I think like three has, no, I think he's got a little over 3,000 hits. Nobody is ever going to break that record because of the durability uh, of today's player, because of the way that the game is managed nowadays. You're not going to get a guy, I mean, just like we'll never, ever, ever, ever see another Cal Ripken Jr. then break that, that consecutive game's played streak. Never. That is going to be a record that will never get broken. Just like we thought, okay, well, Luke Gehrig's going to hold it forever and ever, and that's going to be his record from day, you know, till, till Jesus comes back. No, no. Luke Gehrig, I mean, Luke Gehrig, step aside. Here comes Cal Ripken Jr. Because you know what happened in that game? That he broke the record? He came in for one plate appearance, which is an official game played, and they put him on the bench, and he took the next day off. Because, by God, he earned it. Well, fuck me. The dude played you know, 2,000-something consecutive games. That's, that's like 18, 19 years worth of games without missing a day of work. Yeah, thank you. Okay, yeah. He earned a day off, you know? You, you get these guys, are like, oh, my shoulder's a little tweaked. You know what, dude? Shoulder's a little tweaked. Why don't you go take an ice bath after the game? Get the masseuse, you know, the, the team doctor to go massage that crap out. Stretch it the next day. And, and show up for work, you know? But getting back to Garrett Cole, this guy, nine years, $327 million. He comes in and dominates a little bit. He's got great movement on his ball, uh, on his pitches and stuff, you know, his little filthy slider and all this good stuff, right? He's using spider tack, sticky substance. Baseball, you know, officially said, you know what? We're banning all sticky substances, foreign substances. The only thing that's allowed out there is rosin. And we're going to even watch you, watch to see how you use that. And all of a sudden, spin rates are down. All of a sudden, movement is not as pronounced. Um, you know, it, it's he, he's now got a 2.66 two, ERA. He's officially 8-4 and four on the year. And the guy is, I mean, he's, I mean, I'm sure he's going to run into another win between now and the end of the year. I mean, statistically speaking, he has to. Yeah. Okay. But when you pay a guy that much, you want him to come in and you want him to perform. So do Yankees fans and the New York media have every right to lambaste the shit out of this team? Absolutely they do. I would be pissed off too because, I mean, the reason why they can afford these huge payrolls is because the Steinbrenner family has convinced the city and the citizens of New York State or not state, but uh, New York, uh, New York City, to pay the taxes on this god awful organization. I mean, you're going to sit there and put the, well, it's you're, the you're, same thing that Jerry Jones Jones did for the uh, yeah and Cowboys yeah. And, uh, you are really going to like get my ass whipped here, because you know my girlfriend, she's a her and her sister both diehard Cowboys fans, just like most of the people in the state of Texas. Me, don't care so much. But did, well, you, you know well, Jerry one, Jones. One, one, one okay, okay, go that. ahead, go ahead. She paid attention to the uh, Facebook page? 
you know, I don't know. I'll ask Because of that uh, Formula One car and the uh, crap car? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. You know, I think that's actually a Yugo. Yugo? Yeah, you oh, yeah, yeah, Rus- Russian Yugo? No, the Yugoslavian Yugo. Oh, Yugoslavian. Yeah, which is why they called it the Yugo. Yugo. You, okay. Yeah, see, oh, look at that light bulb. Um, but, you know, you, Garrett Cole coming in here, just like a lot of these big name pitchers, it, it, the, these quote-unquote aces that have had filthy stuff in their repertoire as far as, like, you know, trying to get hitters out, inducing ground balls, you know, and stuff like that. Is is there's no thing that after like uh, like say I do fucked up shit for like three times. After the third time, I'm kicked out of baseball and I can't do the Hall of Fame. Shouldn't there be something in a place for See, something at the, like at that? See, at the time that Pete Rose got caught gambling on baseball, you still had a lot of that old guard because I mean there there was. I mean, if you look at, uh, what was it, the 1908 White Sox, uh, the entire team, they they went to the World Series and they threw the World Series because mobsters were, you know, bought the team off to throw the World Series so that way, because they were favored to win. So the mob comes in and says, hey, we're going to bet on the underdog. We're going to pay you guys X amount of dollars. And that team had a lot of greats on it, most notably Shoeless Joe Jackson. Shoeless Joe did take the money. The guy was illiterate. That's why you'll never see. Maybe There's maybe one or two autographs from Shoeless Joe Jackson out there floating in circulation. And the reason why that is is because he was embarrassed. He didn't know how to spell his own name. He was illiterate. But the guy was a hell of a ball player. Okay? I mean, well, <coughs> I mean it, it, you're looking it, at the time frame, too. True, true. I mean, you're looking at the time frame still, but all that aside, he took the money, but he did not throw the World Series. He didn't. Every time he went out there, he busted his ass. He was putting up MVP style numbers during that World Series. I think he was batting like four something for the world, you know, for the series, you know. And uh, let me see here. Let me check. Uh, what is it? Baseballreference.com. Baseball. Baseballreference.com. So, yeah, I'm going to look up. Uh, Shoeless Joe Jackson. I mean, the guy ended his career with a 356 batting average. Okay. Um, and, I mean, he had an on-base percentage of 423, a slugging percentage of 517. 1,772 hits. Yeah, you know, so, I mean, he, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, he, yeah, I mean, a, a total of, seven, yeah, uh, 1,772 hits total, 54 careers, for, you know, career home runs. And it's, you know, for the, what was it? Where is... He played his entire career in the. It was 1920 Red Sox, I think it was, or White Sox rather, because he played for Phil- the Philadelphia Athletics, which they don't exist at, at all. Period. It's, they didn't move to Oakland. I mean, I know that's the common misconception, but they didn't. I played for the Cleveland Indians, um, hmm. and then he spent the rest of the majority of his career with. I mean, the most notable part of his career, playing for the White Sox. 
But um, twelve base hit ser- uh, set in a uh, series record without not uh, that was not broken until nineteen sixty four for the uh, uh, World Series. Right. Yeah. So, um, I mean, he. They, you know, it was the 1919 White Sox. That's what it was. So uh, they went to the World Series. And, and, I mean, he batted 375 during that series. Um, On-base percentage of 394. Uh, he touched a total of 18 bases that entire series. They lost against Cincinnati. Um, he, uh, let's see here, he had 12 hits in the series. He scored five runs. Um, six RBIs. I mean, you, you look at that, you look at those numbers, and there are guys that play today that would die to have those kinds of numbers during the course of a month. Yeah. And this guy did it in a World Series. You know, and, and you're going to sit there and try to tell me, yeah, should he have been punished for taking the money? Absolutely. But you cannot definitively tell me, based on those numbers, that this guy took a fall. You can't. You can argue all day till you're blue in the face. I mean, they had to do. A, I'm going to look at you. They like had to do touched. a congressional uh, hearing on that. One. Yeah, and, right. and it was such a blight on the game. And you know, at the time, they were like, "Okay, you're permanently banned from baseball," and it ruined his life because yeah. it baseball is all he had. Now, I mean, you look at Pete Rose. You know, when when Pete Rose, I think it was Faye Vincent uh, at the time that that. Uh, um, uh, was the, the commissioner of baseball at the time. I mean, this guy's so, I mean, he, I mean, okay, so, I mean, you're supposed to get into the Hall of Fame based on your productivity and what your contrib- contributions to the game after the fact, right? I mean, we're, we're looking at, okay, Pete Rose, he was an MVP. He was Rookie of the Year. Three times World Series champion, 17-time All-Star, two gold gloves. He won a silver, uh, silver Slugger Award, three batting titles. He was named the MVP of one of the World Series that he went to. Um, and, I mean, the guy just, I mean, he was a switch hitter. So he could hit from both sides of the plate. You know, and he was he was right-handed as the day is long. I mean, he was an outfielder, first baseman. He played in the hot corner over there in third. So he played both corners in the infield, and he was an outfielder. I mean, the guy was about as close to an all, all-purpose utility player as you were going to get. You know, I mean, you got a lot of guys now that, that kind of model their, their playing styles after the utility player greats of the, of the game so that way they get the most chances and opportunities to play. You know... I, but Pete Rose, the only thing I found him having fault in when he, you know, he finally retired in uh, '86, is that he bet. He bet. He had a problem. Gambling is an addiction. I get that, but he didn't beat his wife. What's really funny is where he lives now. Yeah, you know what's funny is is that because uh, <laughs> he lives in Vegas. He does, but. When he goes to, like, conventions where, you know, like baseball baseball memorabilia conventions where, you know, you get these autograph hounds, he signs a lot of his baseballs now, you know, Pete Rose, Charlie Hustle, whatever, sorry, I bet on the game. Yeah. That's what he does. And I think it's, 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 a, it's a big middle finger. He was supposed to have met with the previous commissioner. Um, it was... Shit, I can't even remember that little... 
It was about a year ago. Name. Was it about a year? No, it was more than that. No, it was about a year because he was on Drinking Bros when, he, when it happened. Yeah, that's right. Okay, that's right. Yeah, because when the new commissioner, the current commissioner came in. It was, it, uh, I know when it was because it was during last year's SHOT Show because the pandemic hadn't gone and he was on uh, the Drinking Bros podcast. Yeah, they called him to New York to the Major League Baseball headquarters to have a sit down with Robert Manfred. And uh, Robert Menfred kind of gave him this whole, hey, you know, it's, uh, you know, we just want to clear the air. And and everybody, including Pete Rose, kind of had this, you know, this, this, this idea that was conveyed by Major League Baseball and its public relations office that Pete Rose was going to be reinstated. All he had to do was come in and have a sit-down chat with the commissioner. He walked out of the building, still banned for life. And the commissioner went back on his word. Yeah. You know, and he's like, well, did you bet on the game? And he admitted to it. And he was like, yeah, I bet on the game. Like, you have any regrets on it? Yeah. I got a regret that I got caught. He's like, dude, do you want me to answer these questions honestly, or do you want me to blow smoke up your ass? Yeah. You know, he's like, yeah, he got caught. Players gamble all the time. He's the one that got caught. And they wanted to make an example out of him. And I think mostly it was because Faye Vincent at the time, the commissioner of baseball at the time, really did not like Pete Rose, thought that Pete Rose was not the type of player model that Major League Baseball needed at the time. Um, Because he was very hard-nosed, smash-mouth baseball, which is the way I think that the game needs to be played. You know, Um, we need to get back to that. You get these guys that are these finely tuned athletes. As much as I liked Mookie Betts, and and I still think that the guy has a ton of talent, you get somebody like Mookie Betts, you get him running into outfield walls like King Griffey Jr. used to, and you get him out there running his ass off, diving into bases, trying to outrun, you know, trying to trying to get underneath the throw. You get him out there laying out, legitimately laying out for, for, for catches in the outfield, and his body will break. It will break. Uh, and That's the thing, though. A lot of the uh, players nowadays are willing to give them they, – they make these high dollar and everything like that, but they're not willing to break their body. Yeah, and because they look at their body like, okay, they're investing in my body. They're investing in my talent. And I'm looking at it like I'm paying you this much so you can give up the body. Yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, you're guaranteed X amount of dollars per year. You know, we need to start putting incentives into these contracts. I mean, we need to get away from plate appearances. We need to get away from RBI production. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let me retract. $100,000 for a finger. No, no, I'm not talking about giving up limbs. I'm not or appendages. I'm not saying that. I mean, it's like okay, like with the Golden Glove, okay, or the gold, or the not Golden Glove, the Gold Glove Award that fielders uh, get every year. You have to be the best in your in your, in your defensive position to get a Gold Glove, right? They only hand out nine of these catcher, pitcher, and then the rest of the positions in the outfield, right? Or in the infield and outfield. 
All right, only fielders, to include the pitchers, get a gold glove. People like Jackie Bradley Jr., Zach Medford talked about it last week. You know, he, he went to that camp and, you know, played. Oh, you forgot the shout out. I'll get to that in a second. Um, you know, Jackie Bradley Jr., arguably probably one of the best outfielders in the game today. Even though he doesn't, you know, he plays for Milwaukee now. I, I like the guy. I like the way that he plays in the outfield. He, he, he goes all out. I mean, the dude gives up the body. He really does. And he, he runs efficient routes to flag, you know, to, to run down these fly balls. And it's not the most spectacular catches. You get people like uh, Kiermaier from Tampa Bay. He gets out there, flashes the leather, makes these unnecessary jumps, bounds, leaps, and lays out for balls that, well, if you'd have just taken a better, more efficient route to the ball, it would have basically been what they call a can of corn. You just put it in your back pocket. Yeah. You know, but that's not that's not going to win you a gold glove. That's not going to get you money when your contract comes around. Um, you know, I think that the gold glove voting needs to focus more on route efficiency. I think they need to focus more on uh, percentage of a successful attempts at fielding. You know, fielding that play uh, versus the flash. Isn't it just like a numbers game? It well, uh, for the uh, it should be a numbers game, but they're looking at the number of great highlight real types catches you know i mean they're looking at okay who's the most notable in this position instead of the guys out there doing it the right way and well it's like that picture that caught the ball with his bare hand when a guy uh shot it uh down his lane he was like yeah yeah he I'm just like, reaches out and grabs it and spikes it into the into the mound because that was the third out but yeah let me let me grab this real quick um So while he's doing that, I'm going to talk about the Megan Riptone. The Rapone. Rapone. Rip, is it? Yes. Rapone. Who apparently is getting canceled through. I'm not going to say what she said, but you're going to have to just look at the tweet that she tweeted in 2011. <laughs> they went back. Wow, you mean to tell me that somebody on the left had had their history come back and bite him in the ass? Yeah. Oh, it, no, it, it is, ain't so. It's one of those. It's one of the one. She... Okay, so while while you're it, while you're trying it, to do that up. No, no, no. no it, I'm 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 almost done. It's one of those things. It's just ridiculous. She's becoming the new spokesperson for Victoria's Secret catalog. Uh, catalog. Why? They're they're trying to go more woke, but the people are saying it's like, well, she said this over ten years ago, and I can't believe she did it. We need to cancel her. Oh my god! It was so racist. That is hilarious. It, what the? What she said? Yeah. You know what? Um, I, but it, put a it, link. Put a link to this article in the description of this video. Um, I, I got it. I got it set on yours. It'll be quick. Okay. So. But yeah, you can look at what she said because I'm not saying it because. Okay. So for, okay. It. So for our fans, our listeners that that don't watch us on YouTube, uh, they, uh, for 
And uh, by the time they get to this point, they didn't. They don't. They stop listening. No, so. no, really. It, it, there are people out there that do listen to the entirety of our episodes, and so for y'all, y'all are the real MVPs. But for the people that listen to us on Apple or Spotify, um, I'll put the link in because it's it's a one click thing for. Okay, all so the... fine. Yeah, put put it put it in there. Check the description on the on this episode and click the link there, and you'll it'll take you to the hitc.com uh, article. That, or I just posted on Facebook, but that is can, that is fire right there. That that is. But uh, okay, so <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> and and if you notice, it's Twitter for BlackBerry. Um, yeah. So for those of you who <clears throat> follow this show, we had our we had a we had a, a guest come on last week, uh, an army buddy of mine by the name of Zach Medford, who is an Atlanta Braves fan, and we. Had, had discussed that there was a uh, a wager, a friendly gentleman's wager between he and I, uh, concerning the Red Sox and Braves. Well, my Red Sox swept his Braves in that two-game set down in Atlanta. I still say you should have done the bet to where one of y'all wears the dress. That would have never happened. Um, I don't know. You shave and you show off your legs. I'm saying I'm saying for him because he's a hairy guy, but. Uh, Anyways, digressing. I mean, you were killed. Anyway, we're moving on. It's like the White House tour. We're, we're walking. We're walking. Okay, so he, uh, I, I texted him, and, you know, he was like, you know, crying, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so uh, because. He should have sent us a photo of him crying in a corner. No. I'm, you know what? No. I, I respect the hell out of Zach. And, you know. He seems like a good guy. I just like giving him. The dude, people. yeah. I mean, the guy is. He's squared away, man. You know, he... Yeah, all the stuff that he was talking about, all the stuff that he was doing to help our community and everything yeah. like that. Or it, the, the yeah, community the community where he lives, yeah. Way. So, but, I mean, I'll, 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 I'll give him, you know, and I was willing to kind of let it go and just say, hey, you know what, don't worry about it. And he's like, no, no, it was on the podcast. I need to make right on this. So, um, Zach Medford sent me a text the other day, and he was like, yeah, you know, basically kind of like, I'm not putting that crap on my head. I'm just paraphrasing. Um, but he did find uh, another piece of merchandise uh, and sent it to me. And it, and it got here today, um, which is great because it, it works out beautifully for the for, for the today's and episode. And, Zach, if next time that you have to say something like that, just go, I'd rather have a hobo shit in my eye than to have to wear that shit. <sighs> Zach. I'm help. I'm Zach Medford from South Carolina, no slack veteran. My friend made good on the bet, and he bought a uh, a rather snazzy. And I'm going to put this on the camera here. Yeah. Red Sox laptop slash backpack, or you know, a backpack slash laptop bag. And uh, you know what? I, I I mean, it I, looks really good. It does. It's it, it's got a really kudos good, to you, Zach. Yeah. So you know. I'm, I'm giving Zach his shout-out, giving him his props. He did make good on the bet. That is a really nice backpack. I do. I, I like it. It's it's. And I tell you what, man, uh, I'll, I'll bring it in next week. I ordered a customized uh, baseball glove from uh, 44 Pro, Sport, or Pro Glove. It better not only cost about 100 bucks. Uh, it's customized. It cost me 200 200 yeah. Dude, no. Trust me. This glove is <coughs> just pure sex, man. It's pretty damn awesome. I bet it is. But, I uh, just, I'm, I'm one of those people that I can talk sports, but I can't see myself doing. 
well, it's more or less day and age of how I live now. I mean, right. I like me playing Magic. I can't. I can't force myself to buy the cards anymore. I've, I'm the stuff that I buy right now is all media stuff for this right. podcast, and I'm loving this. I love the hobby of it. So I'm sending you the pictures for this, but I'll bring the actual glove in next week because I'm, I'm going to go through the break-in process over the weekend. look at it later uh it went to my phone because i had it closed out okay so here we're send it again yeah well it's sending so hold on but uh or you could be like uh an adult and air airdrop that fine i'll be an adult and airdrop it here god you want to complain bitch all right fine uh we're gonna go select here here and here airdrop And this dead air is brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll put it. That is actually okay. See, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't spend two hundred dollars. Well, but you don't play. But, I, I, but see me, I spend really enough time nice. playing catch and playing ball with my kid. You know that it's like. I wanted a glove that I knew was going to last. I mean, I, I've had I've had a glove that I used to play baseball with, and it, it turned into a softball really glove. Cool, I pay, it's like a sixty dollar glove, and it's lasted like twenty years. But I mean, I wanted something that was one hundred percent leather. The leather and everything like that. It'll probably last. And plus, the damn thing's got years. my name on it. Forty four. No. Oh, I love the Texas symbol too. Right. That, okay, I could see. Well, you you don't buy anything to where you're gonna trash in the next year. I the thing the the reason why I, I whenever someone says something like that, the there's a guy when I was in uh, when I was in services every uh, every softball uh, season, mm-hmm. he would buy a new bat and new glove, and his glove was always about two hundred dollars. Yeah, see, and that's the thing. Nothing against Wilson or Rawlings because I mean the main staples. That right? looks really good. Those those gloves, their their entry level pro uh, pro grade gloves, start at two hundred and fifty dollars. Why? And if you want to get it customized, let alone embroidered with your name on it and anything to kind of personalize it, you're looking at it over easy three, four, five hundred dollars. This this company is an American company. They're based out of California. They, they, they have pro players, professional baseball players, using their gloves. And a completely customized glove, the most that, I mean, if I'd have gone all out. That was about five to $600 yeah. for a Wilson one. Yeah. So, I mean, I with shipping, I paid two hundred like $225 for it. That's actually, that's a really good deal. Yeah. And, it, dude, it's a beautiful glove. That's a 12 and, 12, 12 and 3 quarter inch long glove. Bring it in next time. We'll just yeah. bring it in next time. But And then the bag that they sent it in, right? I mean, they wrapped the entire glove in plastic, you know, in cellophane. And then they put it in, an, in, a, in a customized bag with my name embroidered on that, too. So, I mean, it, just the presentation, the unboxing for this glove 
was did amazing. You, did you get measurements for your hand too? No. Um, when you go in there, there's a glove builder on their website. Oh, okay. So you can pick the type of glove, the, the model, um, what position you play, and you know, because each position, the gloves do vary. Um, just like first base, it's almost like a catcher's man. But, um, and like with the outfield, the outfield, I mean, they can go up to 13 inches. And it just depends on the size of the hands. I mean, like, you know, with the 12, like almost uh, with 12 and three quarter, like the glove as it sits on my hand, it comes out to here. Yeah. So, you know, it gives you that extra cup, like, you know, extra inch or two of, of reach when you're out there trying to trying to run down a, a, a Do you have a, to do the same ball. thing with the, you do with like cowboy boots and soak them in water and put them in the oven? <sighs> you know, I will never soak that glove in water. And the reason why is because it breaks the leather down. Plus the fact that there's there's a lot of dyes because if you notice the red, yeah. white, and blue on that, I mean, there's so much. Dye. I was just one, I was just one. Okay. Yeah, well, it, there there's there's specific ways to break it down, or not to break it down, but to break in a glove. Now yeah. I've got I've got the mallet and I've got the Neats foot oil. Uh, there's this stuff called uh, Rawlings puts it out. It's called glove uh, glove or glove noleum. Um, it, it's basically like a hot oil that kind of gets into the fibers and you can help break that connective tissue down within the within the leather. Um, you know, you can find where the crease points are and stuff like that in the glove and you can press on it and you can beat it down with the mallet. It's, it's basically a softball sized mallet, you know, wooden globe that's attached to a, to a handle. But yeah, I've seen them do it to a, uh, uh, now they, they you, voice, yeah, uh, you, you get those, you get those people that do bake their gloves and I just, that's not who I am. That's not what I'm about. I, I'm not about that life. You know, you can get the majority of the initial break break-in process done with the mallet and oil and then you can get uh, a band with uh, like a blank it's a softball sized blank that you can put it in the pocket and you can wrap it and then just kind of let it sit overnight but you have to get I mean you can get it to where you can initially get that glove to work with your hand right you, yeah. you can close it and everything but in order to get that good pocket to get that good break-in you just have to go out there with repetition and just play catch with this glove and so I'm, I specific because you get two different two different break in options. You get like the f- uh, fifty five to sixty five percent broken, and then you get the pro break in, which is like ninety to nine, ninety to ninety five percent break in by the player. So that's the one I went with because I mean, if I'm going to keep this glove for years, I want to be the one that breaks that in. So I mean, I want to go through the entire process. And but yeah, I'll bring it in. But uh, we're, I know that we're running long on time. Yeah. We're, uh... But, last uh, last thing we wanted to uh, shout off on this, uh, we're thinking of uh, well, I'm gonna have a Patreon account. It's just taking a little bit of time. Then we'll, we're gonna talk off air on that one. But what we wanted to do is start do, uh, doing our new subscribers, and probably one day it'll probably just get so big and everything. But it's just three: uh, yeah. Adam Air, Chuck McNeil, and Anthony Bess. Uh, Bess. Yeah, Anthony Bess, uh, I know him. Uh, B E S S is yeah. that the best? Yeah, um, best? Tony. Tony's one of the ruckers for uh, from our ruck club. He's also the member of the Amer- American Legion Post here in town. Um, so yeah. Oh, let me know how your wife's doing. She had a little bit of a, a upset when we made it to P two. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. We should start shouting out our new subscribers as they come on. Um, but even uh, though, even though it's like I think since me and you doing this in like an extra 15 yeah something like that but but i mean i mean like obi-wan kenobi said you've taken your first step into a much larger world but uh 
So he said, there's the nerd part of our sports episode. But yes. anyway, so um, for those of you on Apple uh, with your iPhones, uh, iPads, or MacBooks, uh, check out the Apple Podcast app and uh, search out Angry Me Production. Give it a follow. Um, our episodes are pretty... And only give us five-star reviews. We don't take anything from uh, anything less. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're either five stars great or we're five stars shit. So, uh, but yeah, definitely. There's no zero button. That's the reason why I say that. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just but, give uh, us a shitty review. Yeah, you know, I mean, at least get out there and review. But uh, definitely give us a follow on Apple Podcast, um, Spotify uh, as well. Spotify is just a, I think it's just a like, a thumbs up or thumbs yeah, down. Yeah, you just give it a follow, but... Uh, You're either going to let us live or kill us, yeah, like exactly. the Romans. Yes, yes, exactly. But uh, definitely, again, also with the you know, YouTube, give us a uh, smash that subscribe button, hit the notification bell. Like button, too. Yeah, yeah the like button over here. Um, look at you. I know. Screen orientation. I know, right? Um, when you say something, I have the shit. I, I really, I really... We're going to put the graphics on the screen? Yeah. I was thinking about that, but I'm I'm still with the whole uh, thinking of not doing it because it, it takes away from what we're doing. Honestly, it does. And I don't I don't like that because I get I get annoyed because at shit. a certain certain point it almost like kind of like, okay what kind of a stunt are they going to pull for clout right and it's like yeah. I'm not a clout chaser like, at all I mean I tell people about the show I, I tell them hey where to find it yeah I stopped being like on that. that street card and sucking dick so. <laughs> I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. <sighs> just don't sign up to go do women's sports in the Olympics, please. And then we'll still. Be it takes four out. years. I looked at, I looked at the, st- I looked at the stuff for it. It takes four years for the, because you have to show. It, it, it is a process. Because they, okay. I get, I get researched on this stuff. Okay. Uh huh. I'm, I'm and I'll make this as fast as possible. And I'm probably out it of takes, the shot right it now. Takes, I'm just leaning back. I just want to make sure it that takes, people can still hear me. It takes four years, and they and you have to go in, and uh, they have to test your uh, blood and right. your urine and everything like that, see if you're taking oh. the pills and everything. Stop you there for a second. Um, we... Next time everybody anybody hears from us, it's going to be on July 5th. So this is the 4th of July weekend. And I, I just want to take a time just to kind of free flow here for a second. Um, regardless as to what your opinion of our country, regardless of your opinion of what our nation's past is, we're all responsible for our nation's future. And, and I think that our future does need to maintain a foothold on its past. The 4th of July not only is our nation's birth, not only does it celebrate our announcement of independence from the English Empire, but it is also the birth date of freedom. And that it, a lot it, of countries took our doctrine from. Yeah. So I mean a lot of a lot of countries that, that exercise and enjoy their freedoms today took a page out of the American playbook. Whether or not you're proud to be an American, whether or not you choose to fly the Stars and Stripes on the 4th of July or not is entirely up to you. We have that First right or that first Amendment right for a reason. Every amendment in our Bill of Rights and every article in our Constitution is protected by the Second Amendment. Firmly believe that. 
but it is also protected, preserved, and insured by the men and women who wear the uniform of our country, who give up sections of their lives, and in most cases, not most cases, in some cases, their lives, paying the ultimate sacrifice to ensure that the winds of freedom blow from, yes, sea to shining sea. We need to take the time to not only, in, uh, not only remember why we have these freedoms, but we need to remember to not take them for granted because there will, and in some cases, are forces out there that would love to take them away from us in the name of power. And that is exactly why we declared our independence back on July 4th, 1776. So please, take the time to enjoy yourselves, do it in a safe, responsible manner. But when you look up and you see the American flag flying, when you hear the national anthem being played, face the flag, appreciate it, listen to the lyrics of, the, uh, the, of our national anthem, take it to heart, and for God's sake, remember what it means to be an American. And that's all I've got. And I'm David Dickerman. I'm Johnny Skelton. Thank you for watching. Stay classy, San Diego.